It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome back to the Barreled Up podcast for the highly anticipated weekly power rankings podcast where we are going to have a new team entering the top three. We have a team back in the top 10 that's been in and out. We have a team falling out of the top five. Speaking of falling, the Diamondbacks, the Yankees, the Twins, it's not looking good, but why be so positive? Let's focus, or why be so negative? Let's focus on the positive. Padres, Cubs, Blue Jays, Reds, all moving in the right direction. So we've got a lot to get into. I want to remind everybody to turn on those automatic downloads so you get the content As soon as it is posted to the feed, you can get this podcast wherever you find your podcast, including the Odyssey platform. So let's go. Let's get into this thing. Let's rank the teams 30 through one, starting us off at number 30, falling back one spot, the Oakland Athletics, a two and three week. They dropped two at San Francisco. They took two out of three from Colorado. Not enough, though. They're going to fall back one spot. Brent Rooker was back in the lineup, looked good. Zach Geloff with a couple home runs. So there are some elements for the future for Oakland that we're getting glimpses of, but it's not enough for this year. But again, some nice pieces. Geloff looking good. J.P. Sears also looking good. Maybe something that that team can build that rotation around. A 307 ERA and a 095 whip in July for J.P. Sears. Next at 29, the Kansas City Royals come in. They move up one spot. Had them at 30 last week. They move up one after a four and two week. They swept the Twins. Bobby Witts went crazy this week and more, more, more specifically this weekend. 11 for 26 over the last seven days for Bobby Witt with a couple home runs, nine RBI. Isbell looked good too. Yarbrough looked good. Have to wonder if Yarbrough might get traded. Six innings, six hits, one run ball last time out for him. He's somebody to keep an eye on as the Royals maybe unload some more pieces before the deadline. Next up, the Rockies at 28. They fall back one spot. They are now 41-64 and on the season after a two-and-four week, dropping two out of three at Washington, dropping two out of three at home against Oakland. They traded C.J. Crone and Randall Gritchick late on Sunday to the Angels, and more pieces could be on the way out. be fascinating to see what bullpen pieces move, if any of the veterans move. What else is Colorado going to do? It is time to sell. This has not been the path that that team thought that they, or that front office thought that they were going to be going down when they signed those pitchers to those extensions, when they signed Chris Bryant, when they signed McMahon to that extension, it just has not happened. Tovar has not been good enough for them this year. Their rookie, Toglia, has not been good enough. Though they had good weeks, just have not contributed enough to the season. Next, the White Sox in at the number 27 spot. They move from the 28 spot to number 27. They are in full trade mode this week. Trading Lynn and Giolito and relievers. It is trade Deadline season, bullseye Chicago with these White Sox. Uh, We did see Jake Berger with four home runs this week. Eloy hitting well. Tim Anderson hitting well. We saw a good start from Mike Clevenger that maybe boosted his trade deadline 
value. But altogether, the White Sox 2-4, and four, splitting a series with Cleveland, which is a good job by the White Sox, considering everything, but then dropped two against the Cubs earlier in the week. Next at number 26, holding at 26, the Washington Nationals. The Nats took two out of three from the Rockies and then dropped three out of four at the Mets. Come on. Cannot lose three out of four to a reeling Mets team that's trading everybody off. Everyone's in despair in the clubhouse. Mark Canna looks depressed in interviews. Mark Canna had a good week, by the way. We'll talk about that when we get to the Mets. The Nats altogether three and four. Manessas and Candelario hitting well. You like to see Candelario a 7 for 22, a homer, three three doubles this week. That is just boosting his trade value. Trying to max that out if you're the Nats. Josiah Gray, also another good outing. Six innings of scoreless baseball pitched by him in Queens against the Mets. He's now 7-8 and eight with a 3-2-7 ERA. With Gray and Gore, the Nats have some nice pieces. Cavalli, you hope, comes back next year. And there's something that the Nats can build on with those three in that rotation. Next at number 25, it's the Cardinals. They were 24th last week. They dropped back one spot. They took two out of three at Arizona, but then they dropped three out of four to the Cubs. They had the whole mess on Thursday with Michaelis hitting half after half's bat hit Contreras because, oh, of course, Miles Michaelis. Yes, of course, Ian Happ meant to do that. It is ridiculous. I think it's a bad look for the Cardinals. It's a bad look for Oliver Marmel. Altogether, the Cardinals, they have just been a bad look this year. Three and four now. Now, Steven Matz has been really good over his last seven games, a 1.95 ERA. And on Sunday, put an end to the Cubs winning streak. Six innings, no runs allowed for Steven Matz. Talking about trade improving, boosting trade value. There's Steven Matz for the Cardinals. In at 24, it's the Tigers. Tigers, a two and four week, so they dropped back one spot. Swept by San Francisco. They dropped a couple to, I'm sorry, swept by the Angels and dropped two out of three to the Marlins. Green, Short, Veerling, all hitting well. But you know who wasn't? Javi Baez. More Javi Baez disappointment. A 592 OPS for a guy making $25 million is just terrible. What are the Tigers going to do at the deadline? Lorenzen and Erod are two of their highly coveted pieces. Lorenzen pitched all right against the Angels last time. Erod did not. Erod got roughed up. I still think Erod is the most coveted piece there. But Lorenzen could be the most interesting because he's probably not going to go for as much as Erod would, which may mean there are more teams in on Michael Lorenzen. Next at 23, moving up two spots, the Pittsburgh Pirates. We had them at 25 last week. Now they're up to 23. The Pirates are 47 and 58. A winning week. They took two out of three from San Diego. They took two out of three from Philadelphia. We saw Keller look good against Philadelphia. All eyes on him as he continues to maybe at least continues to be in the trade wins. Whether he actually gets moved is a whole nother story. But Keller and Bednar will see what the Pirates end up doing there. Number 22, the Mets holding at 22. It's where we had them last week. That's where we have them again this week. 50 and 55 overall. They split with the Yankees. They took the three games of the four against the Washington Nationals. So a four and two week. Alonzo, Lador, McNeil, Canna all hitting well. 
Kodai Senga pitching well. So a good week, but really the gap between the Mets and the next team was just too great for the Mets to move up a spot on the power rankings. The Mets in at number 22. Number 21 with the biggest drop of the week, the Minnesota Twins. The Twins were 17th last week, and even then there was some faulty ground that they were standing on, and that ground collapsed this week, falling to 21. They are now 54 and 53 after a one and five week. They dropped two out of three against Seattle. That was in Minnesota, and then they were swept by Kansas City. Cannot be swept by Kansas City if you're the Twins trying to win the division, trying to build a lead in that division. Terrible look. Terrible look. Polanco, Kirloff, Gallo, Walner, Correa, none of them hitting. Ryan, Ober, both looked bad last time out. So this Twins team with a stinker of a week at a terrible time. Next up at the number 20 spot, Dropping back one, unfortunately, but it comes down sometimes to who'd you play, and that's the Cleveland Guardians. The Guardians are now 53-53, and 53, a 4-3 and three week. They took two out of three from KC, and they split in Chicago. Altogether, that should be enough to at least hold them at the number 19 spot where they were last week, but the teams, there are two teams in particular that are rising and because of that, Cleveland was sort of a casualty, and they moved back one spot. We did see some good performances or some good outings uh, from some of that pitching. So, uh, Cavalli looked good. Aaron Savali looked good. Eight innings, five hits, two walks, one run allowed, five Ks. His 12 starts this year, a 2.54 ERA. And in July, a 1.72 ERA for Aaron Savali. Something good there. Something good there. Next. Number 19, it's the New York Yankees. Sorry, I had to look at my notes there. The Yankees were 16th. They are now 19th after a two and three week splitting with the Mets and dropping two out of three to the Orioles. Glaber, Stanton, Rizzo, Volpe, not hitting. Bader is, but Bader alone is not enough. They gave Aaron Judge back this week, but even that, was not enough against the Orioles as the Yankees drop two out of three and are now 55 and 50 with a brutal week coming up. Tampa Bay and Houston, seven games. They play every day this week, and it could be ugly this time next week. The Yankees, again, go from 16 to 19. Next up, we had the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners were 18th last week. They stay. At the number 18 spot this week, after a four and two week, they took two out of three from Minnesota. They took two out of three from Arizona. Everything looks good. And then, for some reason, that front office is floating Teoscar Hernandez, Ty France, and Paul Seawald ahead of the trade deadline. Kind of interesting as this Seattle team is only a half game behind the Angels. The Angels are going all in, and Seattle is maybe very casually waving a white flag. I don't think they'll trade those pieces, but who knows? At this point, just return just depends on what the return could be. And obviously, the Angels are in a completely different mindset, trying to do everything they can to keep Shohei Otani around. But Seattle over the last week, J-Rod was good, locked in. Tom Murphy looked good. Castillo, Gilbert pitched well. 
Kirby and Miller didn't. But in the end, you come out of a week four too. You can if you can stack more of those weeks on top of one another, Seattle can be right back in play for a wild card spot. Next up at number 17, the San Diego Padres. The Padres were 20th last week. They went forward two. They dropped two out of three to Pittsburgh. Looked bad, but then they bounce back and sweep the Texas Rangers. Before that Texas series, that San Diego front office had put out that they were listening to offers on Snell and Hader and Soda, that they would listen, not that they would move them, not that they were on the block, but that they would listen. And then they go sweep Texas. So forget that. That's not happening. Now this team is back. AJ Preller's just looking for excuses to buy. And now this team is back in buying mode, you would think. So San Diego with a good showing against the Rangers. And maybe they are. They have the lowest ERA in Major League Baseball, San Diego does. If they can get this together, if they can add a piece or two, who knows? It's a long shot. It's a it's a tall mountain to climb. But San Diego is trying to fire up the bugles and charge. Hey, let's get to the hottest team in baseball. That's where we go to next at the number 16 spot, the Chicago Cubs. They jump five spots from 21 to 16. They go five and one. They had the winning streak snapped on Sunday at St. Louis, but prior to that, on fire. They're now 53 and 52, so much on fire that they pulled Cody Bellinger off the trade market. They took the two from the White Sox early in the week, and then again, they took three out of four from St. Louis over the extended weekend. So you have a Cubs team that is firing at the right time if you're looking for excuses to hold on to Cody Bellinger anyway. If you're looking for reasons to still trade Cody Bellinger, then they are firing at the wrong time. But everybody's hot right now. It's not just Cody Bellinger. It's Talkman, it's Gomes, it's Horner, it's Morrell, it's Belly, it's Happ, it's Swanson, it's everybody. You're getting good starts from Hendricks and Steele and Tyone. Not good from Stroman. He was roughed up last time out against the White Sox after being roughed up by the Cardinals. But Hendricks, Steele, and Tyone have stepped up. So the Cubs apparently at least going to hold. And if you're going to hold, at least that's what you're thinking, I think you need to shift that mindset 90 degrees to buying. You need to buy. You cannot hold. You got to buy if you're the Cubs. Next up at the number, speaking of buying, the number 15 spot, it is the Angels. Angels are buying, trading for Lucas Giolito, trading for CJ Crone, trading for Randall Gritchick, and maybe more by the time you hear this. One of the one of the elements that fueled that trade with the Rockies is Taylor Ward is out for the season after getting hit in the face. A scary scene against the Blue Jays over the weekend. He's okay, but he is going to be out for the rest of the season. The Angels go 4-2, and two, almost swept by the Blue Jays. They won the finale by one in extras. So the Angels now 55-51, and 51, but have all the reason in the world to try to buy and act like they are a lock for the playoffs, and they're just trying to make a World Series run. That's kind of where they need to live mentally. Even though they're a peg down, they are not a playoff team trying to get there. They need to act like they are a playoff team trying to get to World Series status. That's how they need to be acting right now to make sure that Shohei Otani is interested in returning at the end of the season. So the Angels are in at 15. That's where they were last week. They hold. 
Staying at the number 14 spot, the Boston Red Sox. They went three and two this week. They took two from Atlanta. That looked great, but then dropped two out of three in San Francisco. Good news for Boston. Chris Sale is close. Chris Sale is close. Trade news for Boston. Kike Hernandez on the way out. And Alex Verdugo is on the block. We'll see what happens. By the time you're hearing this, maybe Verdugo has already moved. You've had Cassis and Turner hot over the last week, helping fuel that three and two week. But Boston's certainly in the mix. Crawford, Paxton, and Bayo were all solid last time out. So we'll see. We'll see what Boston can do over this next week, not just from a trade deadline perspective, but from a wins and losses perspective, as they are one of the teams that are currently ahead of the Angels. The Red Sox could be the team that single-handedly derail the Angels' chances of bringing Otani back. We'll see. We'll see. Next up, number 13, the Miami Marlins dropping one spot. We had them 12 last week. They're 13 this week. They go three and two, splitting a series in Tampa. They played two. They each got one and took two out of three from Detroit. Altogether, not too bad, but not good enough to hold at their number 12 spot. We moved them back one. The Luis Arise 400 watch. He currently sits at 377 after a seven for 20 week. Next up, the Diamondbacks. They're dropping out of the top 10. And Arizona, I, you needed to be aggressive for pitching earlier. And I think maybe they could have avoided this looming collapse. They're now 56 and 50. They dropped two out of three to St. Louis. You can't do that. You dropped two out of three to Seattle. You can't do that. If you're Arizona and you're dropping it's two out of three in a series, I expect you to be playing Baltimore or Atlanta or the Dodgers or the Reds or the Rays, not St. Louis, our number 25 team, not Seattle, our number 18 team, especially when you entered the week as the number nine team. You can't do that. If you're Arizona, it's a bad look, especially when Cattell Marte, Christian Walker, Canzone, McCarthy, Rivera, Carroll, Perdobo, Thomas are all hitting. The only guy not hitting is Guriel, but they still went two and four. Why? Because they don't have the pitching that is required. Kelly looked good last time out, but Gallon didn't. Henry didn't. Nelson didn't. If Gallon has a clunker, then you are in really bad shape. You, you're at a position where Gallon needs to be a Cy Young every time out, and it's just not going to happen. So you know there's going to be a poor start from him somewhere, and you throw that in with the other guys. They needed to be aggressive. This team should have already, they should have done what the Angels did, even maybe even more so, go out and get that starting pitching earlier than they did. White Sox, obviously, we see it now. The White Sox were looking to move earlier. The Diamondbacks should have been in on that. They're in trouble. They are at number 12 and falling. Number 11, the Phillies. I'm not ready to fire any or up, fire up any alarms on the Philadelphia Phillies after a three and three week. I know that series loss in Pittsburgh looks bad, but they took two out of three from the Orioles before that. So let's not forget that. And Aaron Nola, the defense let him down. There, that could have been a different outcome if the defense had been better. So the Phillies in at number 11. From the number 10 spot last week, again, not waving not waving any flags, not firing up any alarms. After the Philadelphia Phillies, we're getting into the top 10 here, and we have the Giants entering the top 10. We had them at 11 last week. They're back in the top 10 after a couple of weeks' absence 
from the number 10 spot or in the top 10. Four and two this week. They took two from Oakland, the only two that they played, and they took two out of three from Boston. A good look for the San Francisco Giants. Marco Luciano made his debut, the top prospect in the organization, collected a couple of hits. Flores is hot. You like that? Cobb looked good against Oakland. They need to add another starting pitcher in the worst way. Again, they need to get it together and get active as well, just like Arizona needed to. San Francisco's got to get moving, but at least San Francisco's in a little better spot right now than the Diamondbacks are. We have San Fran at 10. Number nine, the Milwaukee Brewers. They move back a spot after a two and four week. They, they took two out of three from Cincinnati, so we give them a lot of credit for that. They were swept in Atlanta. Atlanta is a far superior team from Milwaukee, so I'm not going to kill them for that. We only moved them back one spot. They're showing they're trying to be aggressive. They go out and trade for Carlos Santana. That is a nice addition to that offense. They need more offense, and I don't know if Carlos Santana is going to answer that question, but he's going to help. He's a clutch bat. He's a guy that you like in the playoffs. We'll see how he can do with Milwaukee also had some good starts from Burns and Peralta and Colin Ray if Peralta can get it together that could mean good things for Milwaukee as they are now in a fight with Cincy for that division and again the Cubs the Cubs are coming up quick behind them after that in at the number eight spots from the number 13 spot the week before it's the Toronto Blue Jays Blue Jays are now 49 and 40 or 59 and 47 just just missed a sweep of the Angels. They get two out of three. They got two out of three from the Dodgers. I argue they could have swept that series as well. So four and two week for the Toronto Blue Jays. And good news is Ryu is coming back. They're going to go to a six-man rotation, which is going to be interesting. They have one of the best. They have the second lowest ERA in baseball. And it could get only better with Ryu coming back. They're trading for the bullpen pieces. Hennessy Cabrera early in the week. Jordan Hicks over the weekend, and Cabrera has looked good. Hicks is a must-add after Jordan Romano was placed on the IL. So Toronto's pitching is coming together, and the bats with Whit Merrifield, Bo Bichette, Alejandro Kirk, Danny Jansen, Matt Chapman, all hitting. Things are looking good. Just got to get, got to get George Springer on track. George Springer, no hits over the last week. Let's move on to the number seven spot. And this is one of our biggest dropping teams, the Texas Rangers. Big drop here from number four to number seven. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but to go from four to seven, this spot, to this, you're, you're a top 10 measured team. And to drop from four to seven is actually kind of substantial. Kind of, blah. Let me try that again. Kind of substantial. It's a difficult word to get out here at the 22-minute mark, apparently. And you cannot have that kind of a week. They won one game. They dropped two out of three, a huge series against the Houston Astros. In Houston, they dropped it. Then they were swept by the San Diego Padres. That's the worst look that I think Texas has had all season. Still one of the top run-producing teams. And over the last week, Young and Simeon and Garver and Lowe were hitting. But you have Heim on the IL. Garcia missed a couple games. Seager's on the IL. They need moves because they're missing some pieces in that lineup. And the pitching, Dunning and Gray, Haney, Perez, 
None of them were great last time out. So what do they do? They go out there and they start making trades for Scherzer and Montgomery. Great moves by the Rangers to try to improve things because they saw this week that what they have in that rotation is not good enough with Nate Evaldi on the IL. They have to make some moves. And then when Nate comes back and joins the two new additions, Scherzer, Montgomery, things will be even better. Number six, the Houston Astros, a three-in-three week. So really, they move up one spot. They were number seven last week because of the Texas collapse in our top 10. Going from four to seven, Houston just sort of sidestepped the Rangers as they came crashing down and benefited from it. So Houston now 59-47 and after a three-and-three week. Jordan Alvarez back, back in a big way, six for 15 Chas McCormick, a nice week, too. Same with Pena and Bregman. So some good signs for Houston. You've also got J.P. France. Looks pretty good. A 2-2-2 ERA in July. You have a couple starters that are really going to be thrown into the fire for the postseason. You've got Javier and Valdez and Urquidy. They're experienced. You're going to be throwing France and Brown into that mix this October. We'll see how they do because it looks like, word is, Houston's not looking to buy starting pitching. So, France and Brown, you're going to be up at the number five spots. I'm sorry, at the number five. Yeah, at the number five spot is the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays last week were five, so they are holding after a three and two week. 64 and 44 overall split a two game set with Miami, took two out of three at Houston. I would have thought we could have moved the Rays up a spot. However, we ran our poll in the live stream and the number four team that I'm about to tell you narrowly by 1% beat out the Rays. And that team was the LA Dodgers. The Dodgers were at number three. They fall back one spot to number four. They very narrowly avoided falling back to the number five spot. But two and four week for the Dodgers. Dropping two to Toronto, dropping two to Cincinnati. Not a great look for the Dodgers this week. Still 59-45. Still have a good shot. You got Kershaw. Could be back this week. You got to hope Mookie comes back soon. He's currently day-to-day with an ankle soreness. He missed Saturday and Sunday. Moves need to be made at the deadline because Arias is struggling. You cannot count on a Kershaw just coming back from the IL and a bunch of rookies. You've got to make some moves at the deadline if you're the Dodgers. That Verlander deal, Eduardo Rodriguez, I don't care who it is, you have to add if you're the Dodgers. And again, by the time you're hearing this, maybe they have. Next up, after the Dodgers in at number four, debuting in the top three. And again, thanks to the chat vote during the live stream, the Cincinnati Reds. 58 and 49, a three and three week, but they finished the week strong with that two. Uh, Two out of three at the Dodgers. Good stuff from Cincinnati here. Matt McClain, Ellie De La Cruz, good weeks. Pay attention to Matt McClain, please. I hope you are. He has been fantastic. A 9.05 OPS since his call-up. He's got about a two-week head start on Ellie De La Cruz's career. McClain is a great baseball player. And Andrew Abbott has been Fantastic. A 1-9-0 ERA after going out this past week and throwing six scoreless innings. Graham Ashcraft in July, a 2-3-1 ERA. So you have some nice pitching. One more piece would be nice for them to add. We'll see what they add. But this Reds team, 
They have to be taken seriously. This lineup is legit with Abbott, and we hear Hunter Green could be back on the 20th. This is a team that could use a veteran presence. This is a great landing spot for Erod. Let's see if they can get it done. Number two, I thought this team had a shot to dethrone our number one team, but it did not happen. The Baltimore Orioles. Orioles 64 and 41 now after a three and three week. The problem was that Phillies series. They dropped two out of three in Philly. They bounced back and took two out of three from the Yankees, which was a nice series. Yankees now seem to be reeling, but you have an Orioles team that with Mountcastle and Rutschman hitting well, you've got Grayson Rodriguez back-to-back good starts against the Yankees and the Rays. You like that as well. They just sent Wells down. Bradish didn't look good. You need to add pitching. This is an area. If I were to make trades for these teams, if I'm the Orioles, I go get Lorenzen. If I'm the Reds, I go get Erod. If I'm the Dodgers, I go get Verlander. All three of these teams that we're talking about at this 2-3-4 spot, they need to add a starting pitcher at the deadline. That's what I would do for those three teams. The Orioles need to add another one. It's great that Grayson Rodriguez has been called back up and is pitching good, but eventually you're going to have to worry about innings for Grayson Rodriguez. We'll see how the Orioles move forward. Number one, the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves, after dropping two in Boston, again, it looked like maybe they were vulnerable, but then they snapped back into it and swept the Milwaukee Brewers to finish a three and two week 67 and 36 now overall Ronald Acuna 50th stolen base first player in Major League Baseball to amass 50 steals in like five seasons and there's more coming Ronald with a good week not just with that 50 the stolen base but also seven for 17 he's hitting well so is pretty much everybody in that lineup Arcia, Azuna, Riley, Harris, Olsen, Rosario are all hitting well. Sean Murphy is really the only one who hasn't joined the party. So those bats are firing right now. Elder and Strider look good last time out. It looks like Max Fried could be back at any time. He is looming. So the Braves are in a really good spot. They are at the top spot of our power rankings here as we close out July and start to look at August. August is going to be a big month as we really see who's got the juice. Who's got the juice? Who's going to be there when we get to that September pennant race? It's going to be interesting. I hope you are along for the ride here on the podcast. More great content is coming up. More great interviews here on the pod. So make sure you stay close to it again. Make sure to turn on the automatic downloads. So as soon as those are posted, you've got them in your feed. Thank you guys for coming in and spending some time here with the podcast. I do appreciate it. Again, you can get this podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. You can also find it on the Odyssey platform guys thank you for spending some time with the podcast stay close for more coming up this week and we'll revisit power rankings again next week appreciate you guys coming in and giving me your time and lending me your ears and i'll catch you next time